Welcome to Bible Chapter Every Day. I'm Matthew. Our chapter today is Acts 21. Let's ask God to bless our time today. Heavenly Father, we pray that as we read this chapter, we would accept your will in our lives. Even when it is not our will, that we would look to you and accomplish your purpose. We pray this through Jesus. Amen. Acts 21. And it happened that after we tore ourselves away from them, we put out to sea, and running a straight course, we came to Kos, and on the next day to Rhodes, and from there to Patera. And finding a ship that was crossing over to Phoenicia, we went aboard and put out to sea. And after we sighted Cyprus and left it behind on the port side, we sailed to Syria, and arrived at Tyre, because the ship was to unload its cargo there. And we stayed there seven days after we found the disciples who kept telling Paul through the Spirit not to set foot in Jerusalem. And it happened that when our days were over, we departed and went on our way, while all of them accompanied us together with their wives and children as far as outside the city. And after falling to our knees on the beach and praying, we said farewell to one another and embarked in the ship, and they returned to their own homes. And when we had completed the voyage from Tyre, we arrived at Ptolemaeus, And after we greeted the brothers, we stayed one day with them. And on the next day we departed and came to Caesarea, and entered the house of Philip, the evangelist, who was one of the seven, and stayed with him. Now this man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. And while we were staying there many days, a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. And he came to us and took Paul's belt, tying up his own feet and hands, he said, This is what the Holy Spirit says. In this way the Jews in Jerusalem will tie up the man whose belt this is, and will deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. And when we heard these things, both we and the local residents urged him not to go up to Jerusalem. Then Paul replied, What are you doing, weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be tied up, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. And because he would not be persuaded, we remained silent, saying, the will of the Lord be done. So after these things, we got ready and went up to Jerusalem. And some of the disciples from Caesarea also traveled together, bringing us to a certain Nason of Cyprus, a disciple of long standing with whom we were to be entertained as guests. And when we came to Jerusalem, the brothers welcomed us gladly. And on the next day, Paul went in with us to James, and all the elders were present. And after greeting them, he began to relate one after the other the things which God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. And when they heard this, they began to glorify God. And they said to him, You see, brother, how many ten thousands there are among the Jews who have believed, and they are all zealous adherents of the law. And they have been informed about you that you are teaching all the Jews who are among the Gentiles the abandonment of Moses, telling them not to circumcise their children or to live according to our customs. What then is to be done? Doubtless they will hear that you have come. Therefore do this that we tell you. We have four men who have taken a vow upon themselves. Take these men and purify yourself along with them, and pay their expenses, so that they can shave their heads. And everyone will know that the things which they have been informed about you are nothing. But you yourself also agree with observing the law. But concerning the Gentiles who have believed, we have written a letter after deciding they should avoid food sacrificed to idols and blood and what has been strangled and sexual immorality. 
Then Paul took along the men on the next day, and after he had purified himself together with them, he entered into the temple courts, announcing the completion of the days of purification until the time the offering would be presented on behalf of each one of them. But when the seven days were about to be completed, the Jews from Asia, who had seen him in the temple courts, stirred up the whole crowd and laid hands on him, shouting, Israelite men, help! This is the man who is teaching everyone everywhere against the people and the law in this place. And furthermore, he also brought Greeks into the temple and has defiled this holy place. For they had previously seen Trophimus the Ephesian in the city with him, whom they thought that Paul had brought into the temple. And the whole city was stirred up, and the people came running together. And they seized Paul and dragged him outside of the temple courts, and immediately the doors were shut. And as they were seeking to kill him, a report came up to the military tribune of the cohort that all Jerusalem was in confusion. He immediately took along soldiers and centurions and ran down to them. And when they saw the military tribune and the soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. Then the military tribune came up and arrested him and ordered him to be bound with two chains, and inquired who he was and what it was that he had done. But some of the crowd were shouting one thing and others another, And because he was not able to find out the truth on account of the commotion, he gave orders to bring him into the barracks. And when he came to the steps, it happened that he had to be carried by the soldiers on account of the violence of the crowd. For the crowd of people was following them, shouting, Away with him! And as he was about to be brought into the barracks, Paul said to the military tribune, Is it permitted for me to say something to you? And he said, Do you know Greek? Then you are not the Egyptian who before these days raised a revolt and led out into the wilderness the four thousand men of the assassins. But Paul said, I am a Jewish man from Tarsus in Cilicia, a citizen of no unimportant city. Now I ask you, allow me to speak to the people. So when he permitted him, Paul, standing there on the steps, motioned with his hand to the people. And when there was a great silence, he addressed them in the Aramaic language, saying, And we'll have to wait to find out what he says until next time. Well, that's our reading. Let's dig in. Luke gives us a detailed account of the voyage toward Jerusalem. In Tyre, the disciples told Paul through the Spirit not to go to Jerusalem. One way of thinking is that God did not want Paul to go to Jerusalem, so Paul was being disobedient by going to Jerusalem. The other way of thinking is that God was giving the believers in Tyre the same information he had given other prophets that Paul would be bound in Jerusalem, and they were interpreting that information to mean that Paul shouldn't go to Jerusalem. I am more inclined to think the second way, that Paul was not being disobedient, but that he was being warned by God about what he would soon be facing. When they were in Caesarea, Agabus the prophet came down and prophesied that the Jews would hand Paul over to the Gentiles. All of the Christians tried to talk Paul out of going to Jerusalem, but he said, Why are you weeping and breaking my heart? For I am ready not only to be tied up, but even to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. So they all said, The will of the Lord be done. When they got to Jerusalem, the elders suggested that Paul needed to show the Jewish believers that Paul was not against keeping the law of Moses. Paul told Gentiles they should not keep the law of Moses, but Paul was in favor of Jews keeping the law of Moses. So they suggested that Paul participate in the end of a vow that some Jewish Christians were keeping. This involves sacrifices in the temple. By doing this, 
Paul would show to everyone that he was in favor of Jews keeping the law of Moses. So Paul agrees. And they were almost completed with the ceremonies of the vow. But some Jews from Asia saw Paul in the temple. Ephesus is one of the cities in Asia. They hated Paul. And so they assumed that Paul was desecrating the temple. Paul wasn't. But when you dislike someone, it's easy to jump to wrong conclusions. So they stirred up a mob and dragged Paul out of the temple and were trying to kill Paul. The Romans had troops stationed right next to the temple. So when they heard the commotion, they rushed out to try to reestablish peace. Since the commotion centered around Paul, the tribune arrested Paul and decided to take him to the barracks to end the commotion. The Roman soldiers had one job, and that was to keep the peace and they took that job very seriously. So this was a success for them. They stopped the riot. But now they have to figure out what happened and what they should do with Paul. So on the way up the stairs to the barracks, Paul asks if he can speak to the people. The tribune had jumped to some conclusions of his own, thinking that Paul must be an Egyptian revolutionist. But since Paul can speak Greek, that doesn't fit. So the tribune probably thinks he will get some good information by letting Paul speak, And it seems that the riot is over, so he doesn't see any harm in it. So he allows Paul to go ahead. It is interesting that Paul is almost killed by a mob, and the first thing he wants to do is preach to them. And now for a deeper dive. The Christians want to stop Paul from going to Jerusalem when they hear that he will be bound there. That is natural. If you hit your thumb with a hammer, you will be careful not to do it again. We naturally avoid pain. And usually that is a good thing. But sometimes we have to do things that are painful because of a good outcome. It is easier and less painful to leave a band-aid on, but sooner or later it needs to come off. And there is a little pain associated with pulling off the band-aid. Sometimes we have to have hard conversations, and it doesn't get easier and better to put it off. In Paul's case, he really wants to bring Jews to Jesus, and he's willing to die doing that. But what is God's perspective? We would think that Paul could do so much more good if he is free than if he is locked up. But God doesn't see things our way. Paul had opportunities to preach to people he never would have met by being imprisoned. And we need to know that God doesn't need any of us to accomplish his purpose. It is by his grace that he allows us to participate. So if he wants Paul to preach to a large crowd or just a single person in prison, The time serving God is well spent. I'm sure Onesimus would agree. And if you don't know who Onesimus is, read the extremely short book of Philemon. Scripture quotations are from the Lexham English Bible. Copyright 2012, Logos Bible Software. Lexham is a registered trademark of Logos Bible Software.